And they're going to sing a couple of specials for us before the sermon today. So ladies, once again, thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it. day of Job's trial, he rose up to serve God as any other day. Bound and determined to live in God's favor, and nothing would get in his way. Then the messengers came one by one with their stories in just a few moments. Job lost all he had, from gray wealth and riches to the health of his body, and even his children were dead. But he said, the Lord giveth and taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Then his wife came before him to voice her opinion. She said, you should end it. Just curse God and die. But Job rose from the ashes and looked towards the heavens. He brushed back the tears from his eyes. And he said, The Lord giveth and taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When trouble comes suddenly, Blessed be the name, when storm winds blow violently, blessed be the name, when Satan comes oppressing me, blessed be the name, I'll still serve God faithfully, blessed be the name, the Lord giveth and taketh away, blessed be the name of the Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. While walking down a memory lane, a path so long ago, old Satan came right by my side, making me feel low. He brought up thoughts of hurt and pain when I had gone astray. He wanted to discourage me as I walked along my way. He said, you're undeserving, cause I know where you've been. I have a record of your life, 
when you are bound by sin. I know your darkest secrets that you would never tell. What makes you think you don't deserve a place with me in hell? Well, I heard the old accuser, and this was my reply. You're right for all the things I've done. I truly deserve to die. My righteousness is filthy rags. My goodness is unclean. There's only one thing I can say to what you've said to me. It's under the blood, oh praise his dear name. I'm not what I used to be, my life's been changed. Not shackled by sin and shame, it's already gone. I'm happy reminding him it's under the blood. Victory was given me when I was born again. He washed my stains and sinful past and brought new life within. No longer do I bear the marks that sin had brought my way. With happiness and peace of mind, praise God I now can say. It's under the blood, oh praise his dear name. I'm not what I used to be, my life's been changed. Not shackled by sin and shame, it's already gone. I'm happy reminding him it's under the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's under the blood. Oh, praise his dear name. I'm not what I used to be, my life's been changed. Not shackled by sin and shame, it's already gone. I'm happy reminding him it's under the blood. I'm happy reminding him it's under the You can open your Bibles this morning to uh, three places. Gospel of John chapter 1. And then after that we're going to be in Mark chapter 1 and Luke chapter 4. I don't know about you, but I just got, that was some good preaching in those songs, right? And I, and I don't mean, you know, 
point the finger at you, rebuke kind of preaching. That, that's some exhortation. That, what a wonderful reminder. You, you know you just heard a sermon out of Revelation 12, right? That's what that song was all about. How do you overcome the accuser? You tell him it's under the blood. That's what that song is all about. What a wonderful, wonderful song. John chapter 1. If you've been saved and all your sins are under the blood, that ought to thrill your soul to hear a, a song like that. We're in John chapter 1 to begin with in verse number 40, and we are continuing our series in the Gospel of Luke. And I'd like to preach to you this morning about the topic of following the Lord Jesus Christ fully. The uh, title I settled with was Failing to Follow Fully. That might be a mouthful. If you say it three times real fast, you know, failing to follow fully. <laughs> but I, I, I want to give you a little bit of a backstory to this. So we are going to be in Luke 5 by the end of the day. It won't take us long to get there, but we are going to start off with a little bit of a Bible study and hopefully build up to the point we want to make. So if you would just bow your heads with me right here at the beginning before we read anything and let's pray. Father, thank you. What a wonderful time we've already had. The singing has ministered to my soul and I trust to many others. We pray now that you would meet with us as we open the Word and look into this eternal book. We pray that you might look into our souls. Speak to us, God. Especially this matter of following, following you, we have one life with which to do it. We want to do it right. Help us, God. Help me to preach, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John chapter 1 and verse number 40. Just so that you understand what's happened before this, John the Baptist has stood up and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. What a wonderful thing to pronounce. One of John's followers was a man named Andrew. This is Peter's brother. Verse 40, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is, being interpreted, the Christ. The Jews have been waiting nigh into 1,800 years now. We found Him. He's here. The one we've been waiting for. Exciting. You know, when you meet the Lord and you know Him personally, the first thing you ought to do is go find somebody you care about and bring them to Christ. That's what Andrew did. Verse 42, And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said... Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is, by interpretation, a stone. That's the name of the word Peter, or the meaning of the word Peter is a little stone. Uh, you guys would say a clippy, a clippy. That's what this is, Cephas. This is the Aramaic is Cephas, the Greek is Pietras, Petro. So I want you to see what's special about verse 42. Andrew did not introduce his brother. He didn't say, Jesus, I'd like to introduce you to Simon. This is my brother. Andrew walks up and Jesus looks at him and says, you're Simon. You're Simon, the son of Jonah. He knows this detail that no human had divulged to him yet. Jesus would repeat this same sort of, let's say, miracle a few verses later. You remember with Nathaniel, as he comes, he says, I knew you when you were under the fig tree. And, and Nathaniel's response is, okay, you're the king of Israel. You're the Messiah. How did you do that? This is a very impressive introduction to Jesus. He knows me. 
He knows more about you than you could possibly imagine. This was Peter's first meeting with Jesus, and that's all we have. Now, I'm showing you this. This was the first time they met, but come to Mark chapter 1. As you find Mark chapter 1, let me also say right after this meeting in, in John 1, there's a very high likelihood that Peter, that time only known as Simon, that Simon accompanied Jesus to the wedding in Cana and saw the water turn to wine. Right? Now, we don't have Simon's name in that story you know, as one of the guests there, but high likelihood he was because it does say that his disciples went with him to the wedding, and it looks as if Simon would have been included in that bunch. Now, Mark chapter 1, verse number 15. This is Jesus starting to preach, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. In Luke, it says, and in Matthew, it says, He began to preach. This is when He publicly began preaching. Verse 16. It says, Now as He walked by the Sea of Galilee, He saw Simon and Andrew, His brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. He already had been introduced, if we can use that term loosely, to these two men. And by the way, they're young men. I would put them in their early to maybe mid-twenties, just so that you can paint the picture in your mind. He's walking by, and notice they are casting a net into the sea. That is an important note to, uh, to, to grab onto. And they were fishers. Verse 17, Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me. And I will make you to become fishers of men. In Matthew's gospel, same message, but he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Do you see that in verse 17, they have been officially called by the master? Did everybody see that? Okay. Verse 18, and straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. Likewise, verse 19, verse 20, you see James and John get a similar calling and now they're walking with Jesus also. Watch verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. Do you see that? Now I want you to hold Mark chapter 1. We're going to go back and forth just for a moment. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse number 31. Luke 4, 31. And came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days, and they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power okay are we all together so far i'm not giving you anything deep i'm just laying some groundwork i want you to see the history that simon had with jesus before we get to luke 5 jesus said i know you without an introduction he saw the water turn to wine jesus has passed by and said follow me i'll make you a fisher of men and now peter is there with Jesus in Capernaum, in Galilee, listening to him preach. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 23. Now, go back and forth, hold both places. Mark 1, 23. There was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. Do you see that? Okay. Luke chapter 4, verse 33. In the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. Do you see it's the same stories? Okay, now you should be familiar with Luke chapter 4. We've been preaching through that these last few weeks. So I'm not going to go verse by verse through this. I just want you to see the order of events. Simon, I know who you are, even though we haven't been introduced. Water to wine, called into the ministry. 
He's heard the master preach. He has seen Jesus cast out the devil. Mark chapter 1, verse 29. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. You see that story? That's Luke chapter 4. Look at verse 38. Do you see that? You see how it's going step for step. Step for step. Then Mark chapter 1, verse 32. Now you've got to watch this one. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. We talked about this last week. There's more to it. Remember that? And Jesus heals them one after another. Verse 35, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out, this is Jesus, and departed into a solitary place and there prayed, Mark 1, 36, and Simon, and Simon, and they that were with him followed after him. Verse 37, and when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. Watch very carefully what is said next. Verse 38. And he said unto them, he, Jesus, said unto them, who is included in the them? That's a pronoun. We only have one proper noun, Simon. We know Simon is part of them. Yes? And he said unto them, let us, plural, go into the next towns that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. Do you see, in verse 38, that Jesus has told Simon, along with the other disciples he had called, Let's, let us go to the next cities and preach. Do you see that? They were supposed to go as a group. Now, grab on to that thought. Verse number 39, And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Verse 40, And there came a leper to him. Now this story I'll save for a couple weeks from now. But do you see the next story in Mark's gospel? The leper comes. Please, if you will, have mercy. You can heal me. And he heals the leper. Now, come back to Luke. You can drop Mark. Come back to Luke. Verse 43. Chapter 4, verse 43. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Now, we know you compare Scripture with Scripture. Mark's gospel, we get the extra information that Simon was supposed to go with him on that preaching trip, right? Now, Luke, today our, our passage is Luke 5, verses 1 to 11. This story about launching out into the deep, it is only found in Luke's gospel. It is unique to Luke's gospel. So look at Luke 5, verse 12. It came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face, but... There's the story of the leper. So Luke, under the supervision of the Holy Spirit, has included a very important story that really pertains to Simon. He's highlighted, although there are some other disciples that are touched by this. But I want you to see the placement of it. Introductions, water to wine, called, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He sees Devils cast out, multitudes are healed, everybody's pressing on Jesus. Please don't go, please preach more, we want to hear more. And Jesus looks at Simon, looks at the others and says, we got to go to other cities, come on boys, let's go. And what happens next in Luke 5, 
I think explains the human condition, to be honest. Luke 5, verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Jesus, when he took off on that preaching trip, he went alone. He went preaching here and there, here and there. These guys, Andrew, Peter, James, John, they went back to fishing. They did forsake their nets and their boats and their father and initially follow along. But when Jesus said, I got to go visit these other cities, the way the story reads, these guys didn't go with them. And now Jesus is on the coast and everybody's pressing in. We want to hear more. But these guys are out there fishing. If I can just make a quick comment about verse 1, it says, It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, there is something very exciting about a group of people that really want to hear good preaching. And I'm not talking about mine now, I'm talking about Jesus, right? You understand that. (laughs) They're pressing upon him, going, Please give us more. Do you remember when your heart used to yearn to hear the word of God like that? where it was exciting, you just wanted, you couldn't get enough of it. Tell me more. Teach me more. You were sad that the sermon ended. You were sad that the lesson ended. You wanted there to be another day in the week that you could assemble and hear the Word of God. I I remember in Malawi, one of our church members had passed away. We had a church in the capital city, and this, this man was from the village of Salima. You guys remember Francis Peary? We're helping him with the building. This is the backstory to that church. A gentleman died. He was from Salima. We arranged for the funeral to happen in the village. I didn't go to it, actually. I I didn't know the language enough or the customs enough, so I said to my assistant, will you go preach the funeral? So he went deep into the bush, the village there in Salima, and he preached. And after he got done preaching, the the people are supposed to now take the, the coffin and go to the burial plot and continue on with the funeral. The... The people said, ah, no, this was so good. Ah, Preach again. (laughs) And Ashbed said, yeah, but what what, what about the body? Ah, he's already dead. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) That's okay. But they, they made him preach again. They said, we have been waiting for this. They said, we had one group come in, and I'll just leave the groups out. We had one group come in. And we could tell they weren't preaching from the Bible, so we ran them out. We had another group come in and try to, we ran them out. He said, we've run out three or four other uh, groups, but this is coming right out of the Bible. This is what we want, so please just preach again. So he preached again. And dozens of people got saved. And they said, okay, we want to have more. Send us a pastor, send us a church. We were just getting started. We didn't have men trained. I said, guys, we've only been open six months in the country. Give us some time to train a man, but in the meantime, we will send a a man to preach as often as we can. You know what they did? For four years, they got together every week and would preach to each other. And when we could send a preacher, sometimes I would go, these people would walk five hours one way to get to church. Five hours. They were pressing. They would sit there and say, now now don't cut it short. Give us the long version. (laughs) That's exciting. That's exciting. That's the atmosphere that you have with Jesus there. He's standing near the water. The people are saying, please, we want to hear it. And there's so many people. He has to get a better position 
So he has to reposition himself. When he sees these ships standing by the lake, he'll see, you know, it's an opportunity. Let me get in one of the boats. I'll pull out into the water a little bit, and that way everybody can see and hear me. So watch in verse 2 at the end of it. He says that these, these fishermen, they were washing their nets. Do you see that? Remember in Mark 1, I told you to pay attention. In Mark 1, Peter and Andrew were casting their nets. That's not what they're doing here. What you read in Mark 1 when Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men, that is not the same story as this. Jesus had already called them, follow me. And they weren't. Follow me. What does that entail? Watch what I'm doing. Listen to what I say. Watch how I say it. Pay attention. Take heed. Notice every little thing so that you can follow in those footsteps and repeat what you've seen. But they weren't. He said, let's go preach. And they went fishing. Verse 3, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. He, he keeps getting targeted here. I mean, he has a brother. But Simon, because Jesus, listen, knows the influence that Simon will have on the others around him. Simon was one of those natural leaders. And if you could just get Simon, if you could just get him to submit his will to the Lord, others would follow. And I wonder if that's not the case in your life, if there are some people you could influence and, and God only knows the potential if you would just give in and fully follow other people might just follow along with you. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would, I like this, thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Thrust out a little. Simon's been out fishing all night. He's probably tired. He did not go to the beach for a sermon. Right? He's there washing the nets. He's getting, you know, he's knocking off from work. He wants to go home. He's tired. And Jesus says, hey, I'm preaching. Uh, got a sermon to go on here. Ah, Jesus, I, I know, I know. I'll get it later on YouTube. But uh, you know. <laughs> he says, well, now, while, while I got you here, while I, <laughs> while I got you here, <laughs> while I got you here, just, just do me a favor. I won't, I won't be too, too long. But the people, you know, they're wanting to hear the word. Can, it, can we use your boat? Simon says, all right, all right well, I, I reckon so. Not a problem. Getting the boat thrust out a little. Just, just take a little step. Simon, I'm not asking that much of you. Just take a little step. Can I just borrow your boat for a minute? Jesus has already manifested himself to Simon in some big ways, and now he asks a very simple thing. I just want your boat for a few minutes. Just thrust out a little. That's all I'm asking. Can you do that? Did you know when you come to church, no one's asking you to get up behind the pulpit and take over as the pastor? <laughs> you don't have to stand up next week and sing a solo special all by yourself. <laughs> How about you just get involved in a little way? Maybe there's a small step. Maybe you can just thrust out a little. He thrust out a little, and I'm going to venture a guess here. This is just me guessing, okay? I can't prove this with the Bible. But I do know this, Jesus would on occasion repeat his sermons. Preachers do that, by the way, in case you don't know. We, we repeat our sermons, depends on where we're at and who we're preaching to. That, that's, that's not unbiblical, okay? That's, that's how we do it. 
And there's a good chance that Simon, while he's sitting in the boat and Jesus is preaching, Simon's already heard this one. Because he has been moving around with Jesus. He's heard Jesus preach. So I can see Simon kind of in the boat going, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I'm tired. I had a bad night. There were no fish. I caught nothing. It's one of those, oh, I just, I'm washing the nets. I want to go home. Pastor, wrap it up. The specials took longer than we thought. <laughs> hurry. I don't know. Maybe Simon was interested, whatever the case. Verse 4. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. This is an old English way to, for a catch. In verse 4, we find out, I, I find a very practical note here. When the sermon's done, God may not be. The sermon's done. He said his final amen, God bless you, get home safe. And then he turns to Simon and says, I got some individual stuff, individual business with you. We're not done yet. Listen, the Holy Ghost doesn't knock off at 12. We try to get you out of here by roundabout that. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost may just jump in the car with you and say, we need to go a little further. That was pretty simple there at church because we're talking to the crowd. But now there's some individual things we need to talk about. We need to take you out a little deeper. Verse 5, Simon answering said unto him, Master, that's the right thing to call him, by the way, Master. Although Simon has not been treating him like Master. Master said, follow me. Mas the Master said, let's go preach to other cities. Simon hadn't been following not for, what, a few days or weeks? But it's still right to call Him Master. Don't we often do this? We say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Be careful. I mean, I know that's the right terminology, but if you're going to use it, make sure He is your Savior. Make sure you are treating Him, submitting to Him as your Lord. But Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. This is a polite way of saying, come on. <laughs> Jesus you're a preacher, I'm a fisherman. I know fish. You're telling me to go right back where I was, put the net in the same water where I was just trying to get fit. Jesus, come on. But okay, Master, verse 5, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Okay, I'll... And this, guys, is a great statement to make to the Lord. It doesn't really make sense to me to do what you're asking me to do, but since you're the master and it's your word and I've never seen you to be wrong, I'll do it your way. I don't see how this is going to work. All I know is you're smarter than me and your word is greater than mine. So I'm going to do it your way and not my way. Not my will but thine be done. Isn't that the same essence? What's so interesting about this, and I think you know where the story ends up. The story has a very spiritual, uh, climactic ending to it. But look at what Jesus has said. Not one word about God. There's nothing about the Bible. There's nothing about the ministry in verse 4, is there? In verse 4, he says, uh, come on, Simon, back out to the water. Let's go catch fish. Now, wait a minute. Jesus had already told him, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And now he's given him a lesson on fishing. Just like for fish. 
Did you know sometimes God can get your attention without using a direct method? Sometimes God can work through a family event or a work event or just some, something secular. God can get your attention in so many ways. Do not limit God to a church building. God can get your attention at school. He can get your attention in sports. God knows what you will react to. God knows how to get your attention. And for Simon... The big thing in Simon's life at this moment was not the master, it was the fish. Jesus knows that he will respond to fish. All right, so let's go get some fish. If I'm Simon, I'm starting to think in my mind, now wait a minute, I know who this guy is. This is the Messiah. I've already seen enough to convince me of that. And I know he's called me to go fish for men. I already forsook my nets once and here I am with my nets in my hand. The guilt is already setting in if I'm Simon, <laughs> right? Because I'm thinking to myself, I, I, I know you have prepared me for more than what I'm doing. I know better than what I'm doing. Okay, well, let's go get some fish. Verse 6, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. I mean, the windows of heaven were open, so there was not enough room to receive it. That kind of thing. What a tremendous blessing comes down. I didn't expect that. And they beckoned unto their partners. They, do you see the they? There were Simon and Andrew. They beckoned unto their partners, which would be James and John, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. I mean, just buried in God's blessing here. Did you know God will not always use a disaster to get your attention? Sometimes He'll use a blessing. The Bible says in Romans 2 verse 4, Or despisest thou the riches of His goodness in forbearance? And long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Sometimes God can do so, He can be so good to you, what He's trying to do is to get you to step back and go, well, now wait a minute, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that kind of blessing. God, why would you do that for me? I, I haven't been faithfully following like you told me to. Why would you do this? Why would you be so good? The temptation is when things are going good just to assume, well, I must be doing everything perfectly right. You might want to just back up and go, maybe there's more to life than the fish. There's more to life than the fish. Both the boats are beginning to sink. It says in verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. God, you're being so good, and I, you're blessing me so much, I just can't take it. What was his sin? What was he guilty of? Was he out the night before gambling and cussing and drinking and smoking and fornicating? Was that? No. There's no, there's no indication that that's what he was doing. The reason he says, Lord, I, I don't deserve to be in your presence. You're obviously, God, I, Lord, I know you're the master. What, you just brought these fish enough to make the boat sink? That's a lot of fish. Peter says, I, I, don't, 
I don't deserve to be one of your followers. You have shown me so much already. You knew my name before we met. The water to wine. You've already called me. I saw what you did with those unclean spirits. I saw, you healed my mother-in-law. You've already told me what I should be busy doing. And now for you to come in and do... You know what Jesus, I think, is, is presenting him with? I think this is one of those pivotal moments in, in Simon's life where, Simon, you need to choose, is it me or the fish? Because if, if your life is all about fish, boom, there you go. And depending on how Simon reacts to that, Jesus could just step back, okay, because a lot of people would. If you had your bank account overnight so full of money that your bank account began to sink? Like your bank exploded and said, yeah, it's too much, it's too much. <laughs> Most people say, okay, Jesus, thank you for that. I will be back tomorrow. You tell me where to throw the nets. Shop. We, I have found the secret to my success. Jesus, when he did this, he got the reaction he was looking for. Because... Let's just pretend for a moment that your bank account filled up. Let's just pretend for a moment that all your dreams came true. Everything you've been wanting in life, it happens just the way you want it. This is a fisherman's dream, isn't it? This is what a fisherman couldn't even dream up a night this good. That the boats sink? This is incredible. What if all your dreams came true? And they did. You know what Simon realized right there? It hit him like a ton of fish. Not a ton of bricks, a ton of fish. It hit him. It's not about the fish. I can have all the worldly success I want and it will not satisfy me because God has shown me too much not to follow Him fully. Lord, the sin I'm guilty of is not doing as much as I should have with what you've given me. You manifested yourself to me. You spoke to me directly. You called me for this and that. And I've been busy with something else. I've got to be careful here because God does not call all of you to leave your job and go out into the ministry. I understand that. I know that. You need to find out what the Master is telling you to do and then do it for His glory. If God has called you to be a fisherman for fish, then be the best godly fisherman out there. Right? Nothing wrong with that. For some of you, however, there is a call to the ministry. And if God has called you for greater things than just the secular job, do not stoop down to be the richest businessman in the world. That would be a great demotion. Verse 9, it says, For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draft of the fishes which they had taken, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Jesus. They were all blown away. They're standing back looking at this because they'd all been called. 
all of them had heard Jesus say, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And now they're all looking at this thinking, oh my goodness. What do we do with this? This extra bit of information. How do we properly respond to this? What is he trying to tell me? He's told me I'll be a fisher of men and then he fills my boat with fish. What is he trying to do? What is he trying to say to me? You know, it would be just a few years later that Simon would stand out in the courtyard warming himself by a fire. And the Bible specifically says this in Matthew's Gospel that Peter followed Jesus afar off. That's the wording. He followed him, but afar off. He wasn't following fully. Even though by this point, Peter had said, you're the Christ, you're the Son of God, we will never leave you because you have the words of eternal life. Why would we go anywhere else? I, I'm ready to go to death. I'm ready to go to prison for you. I'm all yours. That's the same guy that's out there by the fire following afar off, and they say, do you know this man? No. No. Blankety blank, no. Following, again, not fully. You know what he does after the resurrection? John 21, Peter goes fishing. And he had a rough night, again. And Jesus is on the shore preparing for the men's breakfast. He's got some bread and fish that he's cooking there on the fire there on the shore. And he hollers out to the apostles there in the, in the boat. He says, hey guys, throw the net on the other side. <laughs> and all these fishermen, you know, they're rubbing their eyes. They're tired. And Peter, you know, he's a, he, he'd already taken off his, uh, the, the top shirt that he had on. And he was just comfortable. And they, they look at each other. They go, that, that's the Lord. Isn't it interesting that giving Peter fishing advice is how you get his attention? For some of you, that's where God is going to work there at your workplace more than he will in a church. He'll just get your attention like that. You'll hear some, some seeds, you know, get planted here in church. But then throughout the week, God will just grab a hold of your attention and say, Now, what are you going to do with what you heard Sunday? Throw the net on the other side. You know what Peter did? He, he threw himself over the side. <laughs> the men threw the net over. It filled up. There's 153 fish in the net. The net didn't break. Peter's swimming ashore. He's soaking wet. He eats the breakfast with the Lord. And the Lord pulls him aside and says, Simon, son of Jonas, I got a question for you. Lovest thou me more than these? Do you love me more than the fish? There's 153 fish in the net, and the net didn't break, which is a miracle. You know, after three years, Peter's right back where he started. And guys, this is human nature. We follow, we follow, we follow. Something happens. We get frustrated, confused, tired, whatever the case is. Sometimes it's not an intentional thing. It's just life happens, and we have to rededicate ourselves and make sure that we're not following afar off, but as closely as Jesus would have us follow. It says at the end of verse 10, Jesus said unto Simon, fear not. In other words, Simon, you don't have to be under conviction anymore. The point has landed. You learned the, you learned the lesson. You're forgiven. 
I'm still going to use you. Same thing after those three years, three denials. Do you, do you love me more than the fish? You know I love you. Simon, do you love me? Yes. Simon, one more time. You love me? Yes. Lord, you know I love you. You know what Jesus told them to do after those three rededications? Follow me. That's what he told them, John 21. Okay, follow me. You know what he said? I can still use you. Even though you kind of let it slip for a while. Come on, get close. You've seen too much, you know too much, God can use you too much. But it's going to be up to you to get over your mistakes. Get over your mistakes. Stop letting your past failures to follow fully hold you back from walking closer with them now. Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Watch this next thing. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. <laughs> you know what I find crazy about this story? What's in the boats? Fish. They bring the boats to land. You know what they do? They just walk off. They, just, they, they left it there. Verse 11, they brought the ships to land, forsook all, and followed him. You know, if that's me, I tap Jesus on the shoulder and say, do you mind if we just stop off at the market? Because I could make a killing off of all these, all these fish. I mean, we, we, could, we could finance the ministry for a year. <laughs> but see, they, they realized it's not about the fish. The master of the fish, the creator of heaven and earth, he was in the boat with them. It wasn't about the fish sinking the boat. It's about walking with the master. It's not about how much worldly success you can achieve. Guys, the point of life is how closely can you follow the master? And to whatever that calling is in your life, whether that's a full-time ministry or to be a godly employee or a godly parent, a, a godly spouse, whatever that is. You say like Peter, Master, I would do it another way, but at thy word, I'll let down the net, not my will, thine be done. Maybe this morning, what you ought to do is just step back just for a moment, start counting your blessings. You might realize more than you more than you know, your boat is sinking under the pressure of God's love. He probably loves you more than you know. Come on now. Think about that for a moment. The Bible says that God's love, it passes all knowledge. So I know I'm making a biblical uh, statement there, a truth. He loves you more than you could possibly know. Once that sinks in, you've got to reevaluate and go, you know what? After all He's shown me and all He's done, how can I not follow as closely as He expects me to? That's the lesson He learned. Peter had the gentle rebuke. God can get your attention in other ways. This is the gentle way. To just step back, look at how good He's been, and let that goodness bring you to repentance and say, Lord, from here on out, it's not about the fish, it's not about the ship, it's about following you. Let's all stand, if you would, please. Heads bowed and eyes closed for a few moments.
Sister, would you play Is Your All on the Altar? Would you do that? I think it's 381. She's going to play a song that I believe is fitting for this. Many of you know it. Is Your All on the Altar? My challenge to you now is to just take a moment. Think about what God has done in your life up until this point. What has He commanded you to do? And then just make sure that you haven't let those things slip. You should not feel any conviction if your boat is full of, uh, full of fish. Just because you're successful at business, just because you do good at school, that's not a bad thing, that's good. But is it the will of God? What has the Lord commanded you to do? We do not serve a, a wasteful God. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste words. He doesn't waste time. He doesn't waste people. Which is to say, if God has been equipping and preparing you, it means He wants to use you. Now, if you're too busy out there fishing, instead of following, that's being wasteful. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? That's where Peter ended up. He forsook all and followed him. The things that were holding him back from following Christ, he let go of. That's your challenge today. Lord, what is it that's holding me back and not allowing me to follow you fully? This is your chance today. I'm just going to have her play for a couple more moments because you might be the Simon that needs to fall down at Jesus' knees. And once you do, you'll find that Andrew, James, and John, they'll get, they'll get on board too. So we have an altar up here. Maybe you need to be the one that says, okay, here, I, I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming to fall down to my knees and say, I, you've shown me more, more than I deserve. I've often found that in church services. We, we wait for one person to decide, and then, you know what, me too. Yeah, me too, me too, me too. How about you, friend?
It's a slightly different angle to take, but I think it's fitting to mention it. You're never going to develop a proper relationship with the Lord until you first admit how sinful you are. If you're here today and you've never been saved, you might just need to fall to your knees and say, Lord, I don't deserve to live in your presence forever. I've sinned against you. I deserve to hear you say, depart from me. But sinner, please know, with all of your mistakes, iniquities, sins, Jesus says, fear not. I can save you. I can forgive you. I can use you. If you've never been, if you've never been saved, this is a great, great time to admit that to the Lord. Before we go home today, if you have questions about that, would you, would you come and find me privately? And I'll, I'll just take you aside. We'll chat for a moment. Make sure you know the Lord personally as your Savior. Father, thank you for how you've spoken to our hearts this morning. This is definitely the gentle approach. We know that you can get our attention in so many ways. Lord, you, you wanted to use Peter. And I believe the same is true for everybody in this room. Thank you for your long-suffering, your forbearance. Lord, help us to reevaluate today, recommit. We want to follow fully. Make us what you, in, what you desire us to be. Fishers of men and not just fishermen. Father, if somebody here today is not saved, speak to that soul, please. Might they... Acknowledge their guilt and also the great mercy and love that you have for them. Might this be the day of their salvation. Lord, I pray that you'd see us home safe, but also bring us back tonight for Bible school again and continue to meet with us. In Jesus' name, amen. And all right, guys, thank you so much. Lord willing, we will see some of you tonight at 6 for Bible school. Men, cricket, give us just two minutes right down here at the front. And if you're Wanting to ask about the choir or schedule with the Beermans, come on the stage and talk to them now.